Welcome to Love Light with Dr. Jean Marie Farish. Today, we'll show you how to use the spirit of love and self worth to improve the connections with everyone else in your life. This program is your weekly gift and it will keep on giving. You'll see. Now, here's your host, Dr. Jean Marie Farish. Hello and welcome, everyone. I hope you are all faring well. I'm Dr. Jean Marie Farish, and I am thrilled for you to join us live on the Voice America Network, shining love light into your hearts and homes and to empower your life with love. We have an amazing guest today and a great show on dealing with loss and grief. Loss and change is an inevitable part of our human experience, and now more than ever, we have experienced unspeakable losses around the world. Whether you're facing a health challenge, loss of a loved one, job, finances, material possessions, or even a geographical move, it's no easy feat. And many are in grief and really don't know what to do about it. And there are those, I would surmise, who are experiencing grief and don't really realize what they are experiencing. A significant quote from Tagore, let me not pray to be sheltered from dangers, but be fearless in facing them. Let me not beg for stealing of my pain before the heart to conquer it. Let me not crave an anxious fear to be saved, but hope for patience to win my freedom. In my article recently published in Savannah East, Five Spiritual Principles to Help You Recover After a Loss, I actually shared principles including the power of surrender, humility, compassion, resilience, and gratitude. And our show today, Dealing with Grief, we have an amazing guest, Dr. Millie Derricks. She hails from Mexico. She's the founder and CEO of Conchio, Consciousness and Evolution. Millie is the author of Befriending the Wolf, the Guide to Living and Thriving with Lupus. Having lupus and facing the real very real chance that she would die in a couple of days with a negative medical prognosis. She had two choices, either accept it and give away her power to others and live in fear or do something about it. And she learned about various techniques that brought her back to health. And now she guides others to do the same. Millie is truly an expert, healed herself demonstrated being the master of herself and reclaiming her power. She's trained in thanatology and has a master's in Erickson psychotherapy, and she will show us just how to deal with loss and grief. We ask that you adhere to your prescribed medical treatment regimen. And on that note, I welcome Millie to our show and a heartfelt greeting to our guests around the world and those who are listeners from Mexico. So Millie, welcome to the show today. Hi, Jean. Thank you for that beautiful introduction. And thank you for having me on your show again. 
Yes, yes, yes. Thank you so much. So, Millie, tell us about yourself and your personal inspiration in terms of how, you know, what you're doing now and how you're helping others. Well, I've, I've been a therapist for more than 20 years of various methods. As you mentioned before, I started seeking with my own illness about ways to be better. And after a while, I realized that the actual being chronically ill is a loss in itself. So I went for my PhD in thanatology to help people deal with the loss of especially my dissertation was chronic illnesses and their effects. But of course, losses come in many ways and shapes and forms and even degrees. And what we were saying at the beginning is very important. We have to know that we are dealing with a grief process, even if it's a small one. And I think that that's very important to touch on first, that there's a lot of things that cause grief and even if they seem that, that they should not be that important or that we feel guilty for feeling it, there are many things that cause grief. Even grief for a lost pet or a lost home or anything really can cause grief if that thing, person or situation was significant to us. So a relationship, a, an animal, anything that was significant to us can cause grief in our lives and I, I think that's very important for people to know because sometimes we feel guilty about feeling lost I don't know if, if right now in the pandemic we have even lost civil liberties we can't go out as we used to but we feel that if we are grieving that we are wrong because we haven't lost anybody or because we have not gotten ill ourselves and that's not real the real thing about grief is that it it is a fact of life and everything that's significant to you causes grief and we have to be really observant of ourselves to know that we're going through a grief process and Millie that's so important that you mentioned that because I know now uh, in the midst of COVID you know even if we have not uh, lost a loved one due to death. I think, as you indicated, losing civil liberties. We've all have suffered in some form or fashion in in dealing with loss or trauma, even vicariously, as we hear about loss of others or see it in the media. And uh, there are, I think, a lot of us who are not even aware that we are grieving. What are your thoughts about that? That's so true. And it's it's easy to know that you're grieving when you're very in touch with your emotions. So this feeling of, of fear, for example, all the time when we watch the news of not feeling free of going out into the street, all of these are, are signs that our emotional systems have been well touched by this. And we, we need to be really patient with ourselves, which is one of the things that is very useful in grief. We have to be very, very loving and understanding of ourselves because we are grieving and we are grieving, I think, as, as a species, as a planet. Because And even experts right now are saying that things will never go back to normal because this thing is changing and mutating and that the new reality is going to be the new reality. So we're even grieving for that, for the past, for how we used to live and how we used to be free and do all these things that we will apparently be unable to do in the future. 
Mm, that is so important. And, you know, you mentioned earlier about, you know, our feelings and being in touch with, you know, ourselves as we move through trauma or dealing with grief. And there are a lot of people who don't really want to deal with those emotions and kind of distract themselves maybe with other things so they don't have to really deal with their feelings, but it's still there. What are your thoughts about that? That is so true. And the more we deny it, the longer the process takes, which is why I always advise to be very conscious of what you're feeling and actually go into the process willingly because that makes it so much easier. And distracting yourself from the pain doesn't take the pain away. It just makes it worse because it can get aggravated. It it can get to a pathological level where you get depressed and you don't even realize why and you're just not being able to function anymore and you don't acknowledge that that's a grief process. So I think it's very important to know that there are many levels of grief. There are very slight griefs like, I don't know, even losing your phone and your contacts. That's a process of grief. It's a small one, but it's a process of grief. Losing your job, losing your house, losing your spouse, losing your boyfriend, losing your pet. They're all levels of grief. And of course, losing somebody you love. And even in in losing a loved one, there are different levels because if it's, for example, if it's a death that, that you saw coming, like for example, an elderly person who has been sick for a long time, that's a death you saw coming. But for example, an accident or something that you never saw coming or the death of a child that seems so unjust, those are almost devastating losses that you really can't wrap your mind around and the feelings are so overwhelming, you really try to deny it, which is why the first stage of grief by Elizabeth Kubler-Ross is denial because denial is, is the first mechanism of defense that your mind puts into action so that you can actually survive the grief. First, you have to deny it because if you felt the whole pain at the same time, it would be completely overwhelming to you and you couldn't survive it. So your mind goes into denial as a defense mechanism. And then it starts to lower the barrier, which is when you come to the second stage, anger. And anger is a mask for the pain, but it's, it's a much more, it's an easier emotion to deal with anger than pain. So you go into anger as a first emotion and it's all perfectly normal. So you shouldn't feel guilty about feeling angry, even feeling angry at the person for dying. And this is, this is something that I always tell my clients because it causes a lot of anxiety and a lot of guilt to feel angry at the person who died, at God, at destiny, at life, but it's all part of the process. So being really loving and really understanding with yourself and knowing that this is part of the process is very healing and that you have to go through it. Think about grief as a tunnel. It's a dark tunnel and it can be longer or shorter depending on how important that person or thing was for you. But it's a tunnel and there's light at the other side and you have to go through it. There's no way to go over it. There's no way to go around it. You have to go through it. And denying the pain and denying the emotions is trying to go around it or over it. And it doesn't really resolve it. So pain of loss or grief 
has to be gone through. It has to come through you. And that's the only way to get over it. So denying it is the worst thing you can actually do for it. Mm, That is so powerful. You know, I thought about uh, during an experience that I had, very transformative experience, when I was going through my own dark night of the soul, and I experienced a setback, and it was like all the losses were revealed, and they kept coming up to the surface. It was overwhelming, and uh, it was almost like excavating the cornerstone, and in uh, I had, uh, as I was going through my own healing and dealing with these unresolved losses that seemed compounded, you know, I was fortunate to, for this, I had a, a, a dream uh, that really revealed to me, you know, the principles that I shared earlier for uh, recovery, which included surrender, humility, compassion, resilience, and gratitude. And, uh, you know, these were very powerful, but it's like we have to find our way out of that tunnel. And as you indicated earlier, uh, you know, sometimes we're distracted. And in order to, I think for me, it was like, okay, you got to work, you got to make it through the day, and I don't have time to grieve. You know, I have to just keep moving. But what happened is that it was it was there, right, waiting to resurface. So I am so Please that you share, you know, the whole process of grief, you know, so that we can understand, you know, what uh, we are experiencing or what's happening to us. Some people can't feel. It's like, why can't I cry? Why can't I react? Uh, and that denial has taken over. What are your thoughts about that? Yes, and that's just a defense mechanism of your mind, and it's fine. You can cry today or you can cry in 10 years, whenever you're ready, which Mm -hmm. is why I go back to being very compassionate with yourself. If you can't deal with it right now, well, then don't. Mm, Just don't force it. Know that it's there and that you will eventually have to go through the tunnel when you're ready. But if you try to force this situation upon yourself, you can even hurt yourself more. But when the grief comes, let it come. Don't. Don't deny it. Don't try to keep it at bay. Even if it's in an, in an uncomfortable situation, like in the middle of a meeting, because this happens, or in the middle of a meal and you burst into tears, well, you burst into tears. Just excuse yourself and go into the bathroom and cry because it's, it's really important to be in tune with yourself. The most important person when you're grieving is you. You cannot make it about anybody else. And I think what you said that one grief brings about all the other griefs that you have in your life is so true and so important to be aware of that one, but that happens with all emotions. If you have one anger, it brings out like, for example, you have the same argument with your partner. It brings out all the other times you had that argument with a partner. And one grief brings about all the other unresolved griefs that are still there. So this can be a really healing time if you give it the chance to be so because you can heal not only this grief but all the ones that have happened before and when you can be at peace with those griefs and with your grief right now you get so much better so much faster because well life life isn't perfect and it's full of losses as i was saying some of them are small some of them are huge but we all go through loss or we will go through death and people that love us will lose us. So loss is not something that, that is 
just yours. It's part of the human experience. And as that, we have to transcend it. We have to go over it. And it can be so healing and such a an empowering thing when you can get over it and really do something worthy with your life with that lesson. It can be one of the most I can't say beautiful because it's not beautiful, but one of the most growth happens when you go through grief because it's such a difficult experience. And the most difficult lessons are the ones that teach us the most. Yes. And Millie, when you indicated that, you know, grief, uh, our relationship with grief and things, people, situations that we have lost, you know, even if it's small or large or whatever, uh, I, you know, you shared how it's still an aspect of grief. Can you just elaborate on our relationship with grief as it relates to things, people, and situations? Sure. I will go into a very briefly Freud. Freud said that things are significant to us because we put a bit, a bit of our energy, he called it libido, into them. And they grow in significance as much as we put our energy into them. So the significance of that personal thing is in direct relationship to their meaning to us. So, for example, I'm thinking about a divorce. If your companion meant security, companionship, and love, that's what you feel you lose when you get divorced, for example. And that part of your energy and your meaning goes with that person. So you have to get that back. And that's an exercise I, I'm going to guide you guys through about getting back what that thing, situation, or person meant to you, which is the very healing part of grief. The getting back into you and being whole as a person. Because the, the significance is how that person fills that part of your life and means that for you. But in reality, we're all whole. We are whole souls. We are part, we are magnificent beings of light. So we are whole, but we think we're not. So we put that meaning into other things. And that's what we, we feel as a, as a loss, as a whole in our, in our system, in our lives, in our hearts. Wow, that is so significant. And, you know, even in terms of if we look at marriage, if you uh, have a divorce or whatever, it's like a domino effect. There goes the home. There goes the social status, uh, the, 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 the friends or whatever. So it's like a domino effect and you're, you know, you're left pining or, you know, really yearning for what was and you know, what you're saying, we have to move forward and really uh, move through a process of discovering ourselves. And even though you may feel uh, fragmented, we are still whole and complete. So, Millie, we're going to continue after our break. Uh, we're going to take a brief commercial break, so don't go away. We'll be right back with our amazing guest, Dr. Millie Derricks from Mexico, founder of Concio Consciousness and Evolution, author of Befriending the Wolf on Dealing with Loss and Grief. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Jean Marie Farish's Center for Conscious Loving, LLC, cultivates a lifestyle of love and wholehearted connections through personal growth, altruistic services, and speaking engagements. Resources include classes, workshops, life care coaching, and creative service projects with an emphasis on cultural arts. Visit the website at Dr. Jean Marie Farish 
drjeanmarieferrish-consciousloving.com. That's drjeanmarieferrish-consciousloving.com. Or click the link on the Love Light show page. Best-selling authors international, news honors best-selling authors around the globe. Dr. Jean Marie Farish is featured in the newly released issue of Published Magazine. To have first access to this treasured resource, go to PublishedMagazine.com. Celebrate the launching of Dr. Jean Marie Farish's new book, Living in the Spirit of Love, to guide you in strengthening and embodying the practice of love in your daily life. Connect with us on Facebook and join our Lover's Lane Feel Good Now community and tune in to the Love Cocktail Minute. Relax, refresh, renew for support and daily inspiration. Life Care Wellness Pep for Angels, Inc. is a nonprofit organization to enrich lives and serve our community with emphasis on serving children who are hospitalized. Join Dr. Jean Marie Farish and Vicki Winterton in their global mission to donate My Joy Journal for Children in English and Spanish to as many children as possible. Order directly from Amazon.com and donate to children in your communities. Dr. Jean Marie Farish is proud to announce the release of her new book, Living in the Spirit of Love. Our Natural State of Being, available now at Balboa Press. This book will help you master your life and flourish in love. You'll learn how to become a better and more evolved you. Feel good by making life-affirming choices. Deepen your feelings and expressions of love. Tune in love and sustain the change. And flourish in love and find your joy. Visit BalboaPress.com and search for Living in the Spirit of Love. And enjoy Dr. Farish's new book today. Ascension expert Judy Satori's Ascension Library will activate your true soul and human potential. Access a selection of audio-based meditations, energy transmissions, and live-streamed video events. Transform your reality with popular programs such as The Transcripts of Mary Magdalene for heart-opening, beautiful, to radiate your inner beauty, and The Body Balancing and Physical Regeneration Pathway to become more energized. Ignite your spark and live a life of passion and purpose. Explore membership options to activate a five-day free trial. Visit ascensionlibrary.org. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are tuned in to Love Light with Dr. Jean Marie Farish. Feel free to connect with our program through email or check out our links on Facebook. Reach Jean at Jean72Farish at Yahoo.com. That's Jean72Farish at Yahoo.com. And now, back to Love Light. Well, welcome back to Love Light. You've been listening to me. I'm your host, Dr. Jean Marie Farish. And if you're just joining us, we're with our amazing guest, Dr. Millie Derricks, founder of Conscio Consciousness and Evolution, author of Befriending the Wolf. She's from Mexico, and we're talking about dealing with loss and grief. And Millie, thank you so much for sharing the different kinds of losses and even the process of grief. And 
you know, what if what if I'm feeling devalued, not good enough, not worthy, not deserving? What message do you have for listeners who feel like, you know, I, I'm I'm not worthy? You know, I've I've suffered this loss, and maybe I'm not good enough. So they continue to blame themselves, feel guilty. What are your thoughts about that in dealing with self-love and worthiness during times of loss? Well, I think I think that comes in many levels. The first level is, for example, if you lost somebody that you tried to save, for, I'm thinking about a chronic illness, and you did everything you could to get them out of a cancer or the, or whatever they had, and you couldn't, you can feel guilty and powerless against that, and you can feel very unworthy, like I wasn't worthy enough to be able to save them, or I wasn't strong enough, or I wasn't this enough. And that's that's one way. And the other way is when you go through, for example, bargaining, which is the second stage, which is I would rather go in your place. For example, I'm thinking about a mother whose child is chronically ill and they're going to die. And the, and the mother keeps praying, please, God, take me instead. And when that doesn't happen and the child dies anyway, the mother can think that maybe my sacrifice wasn't worthy or I was unworthy to be taken in their place or my pleas were unworthy. And what I think people should know is that we are souls and every soul is has a plan. And that plan is unique and intransferable. So if that plan of that child, I'm thinking about the mother again, was to die at a young age from that disease, the mother could not interchange that plan no matter how hard she tried. And it's not a matter of being worthy or unworthy. It's just that that soul had a plan. And trying to change that plan means going against the free will of the soul. And spoiler alert, the soul will always be stronger than your will because we all have free will and our soul has a plan no matter how much that other person tries to save you or we try to save another or we try to bargain ourselves into it. If that soul has that plan, it will go ahead with its plan, whatever we do. And that's very important to know that these plans are not interchangeable and that we we are nobody, that's, that much is true, and to think that we are is hubris, to interfere with the free will of another soul. So every soul is immortal magnificent, eternal, and they all have a plan. And if that mm. person wanted to learn a lesson through that experience, that's their choice. And we have to give them the respect as magnificent and immortal souls that they are, that that is their choice and that there's nothing we can do to change that choice. Wow, we that's powerful. We can only choose how we deal with that loss. But we cannot change their path. We can only choose our path. We have complete free will with our path and our decision how to face life. Wow. That is true. That's that's our choice. But their choice was that. And we cannot take them away. You know, that's, that's so powerful because I think as a result of losses and grief, we... It really, you know, <laughs> taps into our lack of control. If you are a person who wants to control everything and all of a sudden everything, you know, we, we can't control losses. We can't control the grief process, so to speak. You know, you can't just dumb it down or distract yourself because it's, it's still there. And, you know, I think one of the um, points that, that I like to bring up uh 
you know, people, some feel that they deserve to suffer. And as a result of certain losses, that they don't deserve to feel joy or happy again. What are your thoughts about that? They feel guilty about being happy. Yeah, that is so prevalent. And what I want really the the listeners to realize is that you want the best for the people you love, right? Yes. And they want the best for you, right? Because they love you back. So being an immortal soul means that if you even if you lose your body, you still love that person. You still have a relationship to that soul. So the people that you lost want the best for you. They want to see you happy and well. They don't want to see you crying and unhappy and feeling undeserving of being happy. Would you want that for somebody you loved? No, you wouldn't. You would want them to be happy to go on with their lives. But also we have to to acknowledge the fact that if we are going through that loss, our soul was also in agreement to go through that loss to learn there is something good at the end of this because we wanted to learn something we wanted to learn resilience or humility or patience or unconditional love for ourselves or for the other person whatever we wanted to learn is what is the light at the at the end of the tunnel the loss is not going to go away The loss is real and it happened and it happened for a reason. And this is very important. It happened for a reason for that person and it happened for a reason for me. Mm -hmm. And I need to go through the process of grief to find the present, the jewel, the light at the end of the tunnel, which is my learning, my lesson, my growth Mm -hmm. after loss and that of course involves having a purpose and being happy again and reconstructing my life after the loss yes yes even in the midst of dealing with uh let's say some type of residual effects as a result of you know a disability or even with COVID any uh, residual effects uh if it's a loss of functioning in any uh, way fashion or form Still discovering more about yourselves and getting through that and learning to continue to live and be happy and find joy in your life is so important. And Millie, uh, I know as a result of loss, we have to reconstruct ourselves because we have this preconceived image of ourselves and our personality self that that's all you know neat and tidy in a box and all of a sudden it's disrupted and we have to reconstruct the image of ourselves how can we do that and feel you know whole again because there are many people yearning to feel whole feeling so fragmented as a result of losses certainly and the new definition of ourselves has to be from the being whole from from my own purpose in life so to answer that question like very completely i would like to go through three authors that i I always use for grief processes the first one is elizabeth kubler ross she talks about the stages of grief and she's still being used today because these are the things that come up most frequently for people in grief although They don't have to come all of them or at the same time or in this order. But these are very very common. The first one is, of course, denial, which we already talked about. It's a defense mechanism. And the only way to get through denial is just 
giving yourself a chance to sit with your loss for a little while every day until you can really come to terms that this happened. Okay, so the first thing you have to do is come to terms that this really happened. Stop denying it. And then, of course, anger will come up because you will say all those things. Oh, I wasn't worthy or why me or why them or why this happened. But really, life is not perfect. So when you, every time you ask why me, you should change the question to why not me? If it happens to everybody and everybody goes through loss, why shouldn't I? What makes me so special that my life should be perfect and I should never have to lose anything or anybody at all? Because that's just not true. So change the, the question to why not me and really deal with the anger. Get it over with. Scream, shout, hit a cushion, tear newspaper, do whatever you need to give that anger an outlet. Because under the anger is the pain and then you can cry. Mm-hmm. which comes afterward. Then the negotiation part, you really have to realize that every soul has its path and accept that we all have our particular destinies and our particular paths set out by our souls and that this was our free choice. So negotiation won't work because you're trying to deny the other person's free will. So really accepting that is a very deep part of this. And then comes the depression. When when this this is gone, the anger is gone, you, the negotiation didn't work, and you can't deny it anymore, you go into the depression. This is the sadness. And the sadness, you just have to be really loving with yourself and really compassionate with yourself. If you need to cry, cry. Be extra gentle. And also be open to receiving people's love because many people in depression tend to isolate themselves. They don't want to get out of bed. They don't want to see anybody because they want to be all the time with their pain. But this is the time we need love the most. We need to give ourselves love and we need to be open to the love of those around us. Mm, Very important. And we need to be able to ask for it because many times people won't be with us because they think that we want to be alone or they don't know how to deal with it. But if we ask for it, for example, if I called you, I consider you my friend and told you, Jean, I really need to talk right now about this loss. I'm sure you would say, of course, but um, maybe you would not want to interfere with my loss if I didn't call out for you. So it's important that we give ourselves permission to be open to it, to ask for it if we need it and to give it to ourselves during this time of depression. And also something that's worked for a lot of people is during sleep, bring something as if you were a child, because as you were saying before, all these losses are coming up for you again. So bring a plush animal, bring your blankie, bring whatever and just cuddle with it and be be the child. Let yourself be the child again and comfort your inner child. because you're experiencing all the losses in your life so give that to yourself it's not crazy don't worry if you if you want to bring the your sweater that they left and still smells of him that's okay give yourself a chance to do that because that that will comfort you okay but as long as it doesn't become pathological and you keep the room exactly as it was for 20 years and do these things and can't go on with life but if you need to be comforted at night and be with yourself and be that child for a while, please do. Because all your losses are coming up. Mm-hmm. And then go into acceptance. 
when you accept the fight is over, okay? You, you're not fighting with this anymore. The loss is real. You are there. And then you can go into the actual process, which is the tasks of grief. Once you face the reality of a loss, then you can actually work on yourself. Mm -hmm. You have to work on the emotions because the ones we talked about are the most common. But a lot of things can come up and emotions never come one at a time. And they can be contradictory. You can feel relieved and angry or sad but lighter because I don't know you cared for that ill patient for 10 years and now they're gone and ah there's a weight off your shoulders so deal with your emotions and name them be aware of what you're feeling even if they're contradictory and don't feel guilty about any of them just be with yourself Mm -hmm. you know Millie that's so powerful because you know, even for healthcare workers who are in hospitals and dealing with, you know, uh, clients who are, I mean, patients who are suffering, you know, this could be, there could be residual effects of that, you know, uh, even as they go home every day and coping with that, those losses. So this is so important. I know. And the third task, after you've done that, you have to adapt to an environment without that person. We're talking about a person now that you lost, Mm -hmm. but it works the same with a thing or a situation. Your life will likely change now. It won't be the same as it was before, and it never will be because that thing or person or whatever is missing now. So your things you did, your routine, maybe even the place you lived in, like you said, in a divorce, will change. So you have to adapt your life to what it needs to be now. And for that, there's three kinds of adaptations. The external adaptations, the ones that you need to do, like cleaning the closet or changing the back accounts or taking care of, of the bills, those things that need to be done. Then there's the internal adaptations. How does this affect your internal image? For example, you were a wife, you're not a wife anymore. Now you're a divorced woman or now you're a widow. And try to reframe that image in a positive light. Not like I'm the widow and I'm going to suffer for the rest of my life and be in black, but um, an independent woman, or now I can do the things that my husband didn't like to do. For example, a, a friend of my mom, she was married for 50 years and her husband never enjoyed any cultural activities. So now she takes all kinds of art courses and things she, she enjoys that she couldn't do with her husband. So she reframed herself in that light as a cultural person that loves to, that loves art. So you mm-hmm. need to internally adapt to your new image, but try to make it a positive one. And then you need to go through spiritual adaptations. How does this influence your beliefs, your values, your life purpose, what you think about life? It's very important to redefine your relationship to God, your relationship to the universe, to the divine, to yourself, to the afterlife. You have to find your values again. And where do you stand now in the face of this loss to these concepts? So it's important to redefine yours, yourself in those three things. And as a last thing that I will go into really fast is to put that person or thing in its proper place. And one thing we can do in Mexico, for example, we have the Day of the Dead celebration in which we put all the things that our deceased loved ones loved in an altar and we devote one day to remembering them and telling stories about them and making it a celebration of their lives, of 
having known them, of having loved them, and having had that person in our lives. And I think that's a very sane way of thinking about that person. They will always be in your life. They, they were important to you. And just remembering them with, with honor, with a celebration of their lives and of having known them is, is a very good way to do it. So just think of a celebration you can do in your lives. Like either going to their favorite restaurant once a year in their birthday and having their favorite meal in their honor or putting a photograph of the way you like to remember them somewhere where you can see it or having a planting a tree in their name even. That is so powerful. Very good strategies, Millie. You've really shared a lot to help us learn how to cope with uh, our own feelings and emotions of grief and how to really move toward new beginnings. So I think it's time to take a brief commercial break. So don't go away. We'll be right back with our amazing guest, Dr. Millie Derricks from Mexico, founder of Concio Consciousness and Evolution, author of Befriending the Wolf on Dealing with Loss and Grief. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Ascension expert Judy Satori's Ascension Library will activate your true soul and human potential. Access a selection of audio-based meditations, energy transmissions, and live-streamed video events. Transform your reality with popular programs such as The Transcripts of Mary Magdalene for heart-opening, beautiful, to radiate your inner beauty, and The Body Balancing and Physical Regeneration Pathway to become more energized. Ignite your spark and live a life of passion and purpose. Explore membership options to activate a five-day free trial. Visit ascensionlibrary.org. Dr. Jean-Marie Farish is proud to announce the release of her new book, Living in the Spirit of Love, Our Natural State of Being, available now at Balboa Press. This book will help you master your life and flourish in love. You'll learn how to become a better and more evolved you. Feel good by making life-affirming choices. Deepen your feelings and expressions of love. Tune in love and sustain the change. And flourish in love and find your joy. Visit BalboaPress.com and search for Living in the Spirit of Love. And enjoy Dr. Farish's new book today. Jean Marie Farish's Center for Conscious Loving, LLC, cultivates a lifestyle of love and wholehearted connections through personal growth, altruistic services, and speaking engagements. Resources include classes, workshops, life care coaching, and creative service projects with an emphasis on cultural arts. Visit the website at Dr. Jean Marie Farish ConsciousLoving.com. That's Dr. Jean Marie Farish ConsciousLoving. Or click the link on the Love Light show page. Best-selling authors international, news honors best-selling authors around the globe. Dr. Jean-Marie Farish is featured in the newly released issue of Published Magazine. To have first access to this treasured resource, go to PublishedMagazine.com. Celebrate the launching of Dr. Jean-Marie Farish's new book, Living in the Spirit of Love, to guide you in strengthening and embodying the practice of love in your daily life. Connect with us on Facebook and join our Lover's Lane Feel Good Now community and tune in to the Love Cocktail Minute. Relax, refresh, renew for support and daily inspiration. 
Life Care Wellness Pet for Angels, Inc. is a nonprofit organization to enrich lives and serve our community with emphasis on serving children who are hospitalized. Join Dr. Jean Marie Farish and Vicki Winterton in their global mission to donate My Joy Journal for Children in English and Spanish to as many children as possible. Order directly from Amazon.com and donate to children in your communities. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Love Light with Dr. Jean Marie Farish. Feel free to connect with our program through email or check out our links on Facebook. Reach Jean at Jean72Farish at Yahoo.com. That's Jean72Farish at Yahoo.com. And now, back to Love Light. Welcome back to Love Light, Living in the Spirit of Love. I'm your host, Dr. Jean Marie Farish. And if you're just joining us, we're with our amazing guest, Dr. Millie Derricks, dealing with loss and grief. She's founder and CEO of Conchio, Consciousness and Evolution, and author of Befriending the Wolf. Well, Millie, thank you so much for sharing those valuable techniques and strategies to move us forward and dealing with our own grief process. And I believe you have something to share with the listeners, a, a powerful meditation to help us out here. Can you share with us more about it? Sure. This is a method I created for my clients, and it's based on, on what Freud said about the libido and the meaning of, of the loss. And also on Ericksonian techniques to bring that back into us. So I would like to guide this meditation to bring that meaning back into our lives and feel more whole. So this works every time that that loss assaults you, that you feel that hole in your heart or in your stomach or wherever you feel the loss, the hole that it left for you, then you can do this meditation and start healing up that hole. And it may not be healed just with one time, because as you said, losses have multiple layers. And sometimes one loss, like the loss of a marriage, means also the loss of status and friends and whatever. And you may need to do this for each loss that comes related to the main loss or for all the additional losses or many times for the same loss. But it's a very helpful method and it's very easy. Anybody can do it. So if you like, we will go into that. Mm-hmm. So what I advise for people at this stage is just go into a place where they will not be interrupted and maybe put on some music that they enjoy. Nothing with lyrics because lyrics will distract you, but something soothing or meditative. Okay, because we're going to do this in a meditative state, even if you don't meditate. It's fine. Okay, so take a deep breath through your nose, exhaling through your mouth, and deep breath in through the nose, and out through the mouth, and another deep breath in, and out. Closing your eyes and letting go of your breath. 
visualize yourself inside a bubble of light. This bubble is about your arm's length all around you, under your feet, over your head, to your back and sides and front. And just visualize this bubble as golden light or as any light that shows up in any color, as long as it's agreeable. And once you're there in your bubble of light, ask for the presence of your higher self. Your higher self is you, only the bigger you. So it's always there. And it may appear as a light or the sun or a star or even as an internal feeling. However it appears, know that it's always there because it's you. And now visualize that person whom you lost outside of your bubble, in his or her own bubble. And ask your higher self what that person meant to you. And let that something that represented and is that which it meant to you appear. It will appear as a symbol, an image, an internal feeling. Whatever comes is fine. And now imagine a cord of light can be green or pink coming out of your heart and into his or her heart. And through this cord, send your love. And, and let that symbolic meaning that appeared come back to you through the cord. Coming into the hole you feel. Feeling it. And now that you're connected to that person, talk to them. Denounce in your mind everything that wasn't good. Tell them of any offense, regret, hurt that happened between you. It's very important to do so. Because every time you denounce a situation or a behavior or a feeling, your higher self will help you digest all the emotions related to it. So tell them everything that you felt that was negative in your story with them. Give yourself the time to really unburden yourself. And at the same time, 
thank that person for their appearance in your life, for giving you everything they gave you. Remember all the beautiful moments lived together, things that you enjoyed together, all those beautiful moments. Thank them for what you learned in their relationship with them. Even if it was your merit, it happened in this relationship. And now tell them in your mind, I accept you as you are, whole, with what I like and dislike about you with your qualities and defects, with everything that happened between us. I am at peace with you. I accept that you meant whatever showed up before, name it. Now I integrate it back into myself. I give you my love and let you go in peace, knowing we will meet again. And now, take the heart cord back into your heart and watch them float away in their bubble of light. Put your awareness back into your own bubble, into you. Feel how it feels with that hole filled with that quality back in its place. Just feel yourself whole. And let this feeling of wholeness, this positive feeling, go into every cell of your body and then burst out of your body surrounding you, filling your bubble so that you are floating and filled with this pleasant feeling. Mm-hmm. And when you're ready, open your eyes, bringing with you all that pleasant feeling of wholeness. Well, that is powerful. Thank you so much for sharing that powerful meditation. Well, you're welcome, and hopefully... Yeah. Well, for people who want more, there's a YouTube channel called Consio, K-O-N-S-I-O, Consciousness and Evolution, and I have a lot of exercises there. So if people enjoy this, they can go there, and that's it's a YouTube channel, so it's completely free, and they can, they can do more things there. All right. Thank you, Millie, so much. And you're, uh, can they just get in contact with you through this or what? Sure, they can do it through the channel or through my webpage. It's millijerix.com. The Concio one, it's still being, it's a working process, okay. but the millijerix.com okay. works fine. So. All right. Well, thank you so much, Millie, for joining us today. You've really helped us through this whole grief process. And tune in to Millie's YouTube to learn more about what she does. Uh, thank you so much. Next week, we have Forgiving the Unforgivable with guests 
Belinda Farrell, author of Find Your Freaking Joy. Send me your insights and results of the Love Light practice exercises that are posted on the web page, the blog page of my website, www.jeanferrisjourney.com, and email me your comments, gene72ferris at yahoo.com, and I will share them live on the show. Much gratitude to the Voice America team for making this show a reality and for shining their love light around the world. You know, dealing with grief and loss, there's no quick fix. It takes time. Be gentle with yourself. Remember our love mantra. I am worthy. I am light. I am love. This is true. Believe it and make it so. Remember, an empowered self is a loving self. Keep your love light shining. I'm your host, Dr. Jean Marie Farish. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening to Love Light This Week. Be sure to join Dr. Jean Marie Farish again for another program next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a wonderful week filled with love, self-worth, and better connections.